Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. There's still this sentiment that it's Golden State's world and everybody else is just living in it. What do you say to that? Well, don't get me wrong. They're, they're very, very talented. You know, they're talented, but they're beatable. What's good? Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. That's right. The beard's going to be in the building. We'll talk to the face of the Rockets, an NBA Live's cover guy about helping Houston heal after Harvey and what he's picking up from those all-star pickup games this summer. We've also got Kobe and KD news in September. But first, the Indians... Going for 20, the Dodgers going the wrong way, Melo going at us, get in line, and Deshaun Watson looking like he's going to start Thursday night, Jamel. Yeah, let's begin there. So he reportedly took all the snaps with the first team offense, at least with what uh, the media saw, which comes, of course, after he replaced Tom Savage for poor performance on Sunday. This, of course, led to questions for Bill O'Brien about who will start for the Texans on Thursday against the Bengals. Prepare yourself for some breaking news. A lot of things. The health of any player is the first determining whether they play or not. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a rule that says I have to publicly announce it, so. Way to let us in, Bill O'Brien. But is it a no-brainer to start Deshaun Watson? I don't think so. Um, from where I sit, and obviously I'm not charged with making a decision. That's why he's the head coach and I'm a talking head. But from where I sit, it feels like a panic move. Because if you were going to start Deshaun Watson and abandon your plan to get him all the way ready before you started him, if you were going to start him this soon in the season, then you should have just started him from Jump Street. So there was a reason why they felt like, even though they traded up to get him, they want to go with Tom Savage at the beginning of the year and then see how the year plays out while Deshaun continued to get ready. So after a bad game against a really good Jaguars defense where your offensive line is minus Dwayne Brown, maybe this is a cry to pay Dwayne Brown and get him in-house, to go to Deshaun Watson, healthy or not, it just feels too soon. He may give them, Bill O'Brien may feel like Deshaun Watson gives them the best chance to win on Thursday night. I got that. But for me, you don't evaluate this situation after a game, one bad game and then say, okay, Let's go to the rookie who we plan to sit. To me, start Tom Savage. If he struggles again, you turn it to Sean and let him move forward with the extended week after the Thursday night game. But to do it on a short week after you played him in relief, it just feels hurried to me. Well, I was surprised to be to begin with that Deshaun Watson wasn't the starter from where it go. But just based off everything I read and even uh, looking between the tea leaves of some of the comments that Bill O'Brien made about Deshaun Watson in the preseason in camp, that this wasn't so much about Tom Savage just winning the job and impressing him and bowling them over. It was, development. A, it was about development and about the fact that Deshaun Watson wasn't the sharpest during preseason. That at times he looked a little bit iffy. But I never got this sense that this was that much distance between them in terms of who was the better player. Well, you're right. In fairness... When you start Tom Savage under those circumstances, there is something to be said for. Did you evaluate him under the ultimate circumstances in the best possible position? But I think there's also something to be said, which is widely known in NFL circles when it comes to quarterback. If you're a younger player 
and the other quarterback, the more veteran quarterback, mm-hmm. are like are basically this. That's any position. They just go with the younger then guy. Then go with that to begin with. That's all I'm saying. Like if you had a plan in place, you don't abandon it this soon. There was a reason why you didn't start Deshaun from jump. If Deshaun Watson gives you the better chance to win, is the better player for this team, and has the upside, you should have known that before week one. It shouldn't have taken the Jaguars getting ten sacks for you to know. Well, that. if they do wind up going with Deshaun Watson on Thursday, I think they need to stick with that the rest and of the I season. And I think he'll be fine. Yeah. He's got the makeup to be able to handle even if he gets hit and, and struggles, he can handle it going forward. All right, get your fresh power rankings right here, people. Uh, the week two rankings are out, and the Steelers are number one, followed by the Packers and Chiefs. New England is still fourth. The Eagles and Lions are your new entries into the top ten. So, How are the Patriots ahead of the Raiders, the see, Falcons, and the Cowboys? You read my mind. You read my mind. So we're still giving them this much respect after what we just saw. And that's not to say one week makes a season, Mike. We know Mm -hmm. that. And we know the Patriots will get better. But these are week to week. Right. And in this week, the Patriots are not the fourth best team in the NFL. I used to be one of the power rankings voters in another life. Back when I was an NFL reporter here, and I hated power rankings because it was just there was no rhyme or reason as to why one team was ranked higher than another. It's good fodder. It's it's low-hanging fruit. It's it's good for discussion. And look, look, you you know after – Last Thursday night, I said, do not panic about the Patriots because their body of work mm-hmm. suggests that they deserve the benefit of the doubt when it comes to slow starts and figuring it out. But if we're talking about just week one, just in the moment, they deserve to be even how, even with that body of work, even with the best head coach and quarterback of all time. They deserve to be outside the top 10, if not in the bottom half of teams in the league with how they looked against Kansas City. And I think Kansas, not how we think they're going to look, right, how, how they, they look, look right, right now. now. Exactly. Okay, and Oakland just beat Tennessee. And they should be Are ahead they still of the holding 28 to 3 against Atlanta. <laughs> how is Atlanta after New England? Well, I can understand. And maybe, I can't believe I'm this wrapped up in power. <laughs> and maybe this is about uh, the Bears not looking. Or the Bears looking better than people expected and, and there being low expectation for them and people expecting Atlanta to have done more against the Bears. It could be some of that. All right, I'll give you that. But the Chiefs, to me, should have been in the top spot and hopefully they weren't. Oh, so this is about Pittsburgh being number one. The Chiefs should they were number three. They right. should have been number it's one. It's about the Patriots being number four. And yeah. to me, the Chiefs had every right to be in, in the top position because, all right, if we are considering resume, you're talking about the defending Super Bowl champions on opening night. Alex Smith playing in a way we've never seen him play before. Mm -hmm. And everything that they did to minimize what was supposed to be a Patriots team that a lot of people were uh, putting in an undefeated conversation. There's something to be said for that. Now, we both are kind of definitely should be. We both are kind of splitting hairs just a little bit. Like we actually making up a football conversation. All (laughs) don't don't let them in on that. (laughs) To be completely transparent, because we both believe that the Patriots will end up at or near the top by the end of the season. But if you're just talking about right now, that's a little too much respect. In the moment. You're allowed to be a prisoner in the moment for power rankings purposes. Uh, understand what we're witnessing in Cleveland. The Indians' plus 100 run differential during their 19-game winning streak is the best by any team during any 19-game span since the 39 Yankees. And that run differential is already greater than the run differential during any of the three longer streaks since 19. And with the win at home tonight against the Tigers behind Corey Kluber, the Tribe will become the fourth team in the modern era with a 20-game winning streak. Pedro Gomez has been following the Tribe for the last couple of days. Pedro, do the players understand the magnitude of what they're accomplishing right now? And Michael, that stat you threw out is fantastic. Here's my favorite one during the streak. This streak is 171 innings long. The Indians have trailed in four innings. Come on now. Four. Think Oof. about that for a minute. Try to wrap your Let mind around in. that alone. You know what, though? In terms <laughs> exactly. In terms of what you asked, though, 
you know, I asked Trevor Bauer about that, and Bauer said, look, last year we had a 14-game winning streak, and that was about proving to people how good we were. This year, during this streak, we're not trying to prove anything to anybody because we know how good we are. Francisco Lindor, who arguably could be the best all-around player in the game right now, was asked that same question before tonight's game, and his answer was interesting. He said, I love what we're doing. I love 19 wins in a row. If we get 20, 21, whatever. But nothing, nothing will compare to playing in the World Series, and I want to get back there again. So as much as they understand what's going on, it's not the greater good, really, that they're thinking about. They're thinking about October baseball and what they can do. And listen, this is a club that now, in the course of the last three weeks, has jumped over the Astros, something that seemed inconceivable for the best record in the American League. It's not inconceivable to think that they could jump over the Dodgers for best record in all of baseball and secure home field throughout October. Unbelievable, yeah. You wonder when this winning streak is going to end. Pedro, thanks a lot. Get comfortable. You may be in for a few more games before you can leave tribe duty. Thanks a lot for joining us. Now, speaking of the Dodgers, I imagine the only thing worse than losing an 11th game in a row is doing it after 2 o'clock in the morning. When it rains, it pours, literally. So tonight against the Giants, the Dodgers turn to Clayton Kershaw to end that 11-game losing streak, which would still only mean they'd won two of their last 18. They're in the midst of their worst losing streak and 17-game stretch since 1944 when they were still in Brooklyn. And Buster only says, Jamela, we may be watching the greatest collapse in baseball history considering where the Dodgers were to where they are. So which is more mind-blowing, the Indian streak or the Dodgers skid? It's the Dodgers skid. And I know that normally because of it's such a long season in baseball, we do this in the NBA too where you try to take the regular season, it means something, but try to make sure it doesn't mean everything. Just like Pedro was saying a second ago, ultimately what matters is winning the World Series. Are you ready once the postseason begins? But I'm sorry, the fact that who would have guessed that in September the Dodgers would have just as many wins as the Rams, right? Who would have also <laughs> guessed? I mean, who would have also guessed that since August 23rd, the Dodgers would have only won three games? Yeah. And all all skids, all downturns, all losing streaks are not created equal. And I realize again, players get bored. All right. I know it's too not, big of a lead, maybe. I don't know if this is too big of a league because if that you, they had. I mean, oh yeah, is that what happened? Like they relaxed or something. Like yeah, or just. I don't know if it's just about that. At first, I was totally willing to give them the benefit of the doubt and say this is about them relaxing. It's a long season. But now, just given how their pitching has fallen apart, even look at Kershaw's last outing, which wasn't very good. Right. The bats have gone cold. Like, it's a lot happening with this well, team. Well, I, I think the current winning, excuse me, the current losing streak ends tonight. I, I'm, I'm going to go I don't think Clayton Kershaw goes three and two-thirds tonight. All right. I, I think he, he stops the streak. As for the overall skid, this funk just feels a little fluky to me. It doesn't mm. feel like who the Dodgers really are. There are reasons behind it. The starting pitching has been bad. Their bullpen's been bad. Everybody's been bad. It goes right. without saying. Seager's been out. So I don't think that's who they truly are. I also reject the idea that it's always World Series or bust. I think you can stop and, and appreciate what somebody's doing in the regular season and still celebrate it, which to is why, point. to a point, which, I, I, look, I know nobody's going to look back at Cleveland's winning streak if they don't win the World Series this time around. And say, so you remember that 19-20 game winning streak? Or maybe the next time somebody do it, they'll be the Athletics. Because that's what, that's what we're celebrating with Oakland right now right. is the last team to do it. But keep in mind, other than Oakland's winning streak, the last 19-game winning streak we saw was in 1949. And just to add some more numbers, I mean, they're hitting 309 as a team. They've homered 38 times and allowed 32 runs during this streak. So, for me, 
I'm wondering when it's going to end. Obviously, it can end tonight behind Corey Kluber, who's been amazing since he came off the DL. But nonetheless, this thing could get into the mid-20s and set an all-time record. So we can stop with the World Series for the time being and appreciate the fact that this team, as Pedro pointed out, trailing for four innings? Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Interesting that we now turn to Golden State, <laughs> given the conversation we had when they broke the single-season record. They stay winning today, the Golden State Warriors announced a three-year jersey sponsorship deal with the Japanese tech company Rakuten, which Darren Ravel reports is worth $20 million per year. The Warriors were on hand to unveil the new sponsorship today, uh, which provided an easy opportunity for Draymond Green to weigh in on the Kyrie Irving trade. He put so much pressure on himself by doing that, but the willingness to do that, knowing the pressure that comes with that and saying, I'm ready to do it, let's do it. You know, most, a lot of people would say LeBron's the greatest player in the world. to say and it, like I don't say this in disrespect to LeBron, but in speaking to Kyrie to say I don't want to play with him no more. I want my own thing right. because you have to deliver with that. Right. And he's and basically saying, to put okay, a target yeah, on. okay, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm ready to deliver. And that's I mean that's big. That says a lot. See, Draymond, we're here. <laughs> Get him here. We're here. Get him here. What is it about Michigan State people and missing the point? Because <laughs> it was never for me and others who questioned Kyrie's motivation. It was never about him not believing in himself or wanting more for himself. It was about an antiquated, my team, I want to be the guy mentality, which even he downplayed because at his press conference. Because he was like, yeah, he was like, one guy can't carry it. So let's not overstate the bet that he made. He may have bet on himself, but he still got Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, mm. Brad Stevens, and a very talented Boston team. He's not exactly going, he's not going to start from the bottom and try to get back here, okay? My issue from the beginning was the rationale as to why he wanted out. Because it is so 2001 or 2007, not 2017, to want to be the man. And 2017 was hot in these NBA streets is, what can I do to put myself in position to get to the finals? Which he's been to three straight years, thanks to that dude. So no matter what kind of personality clashes you, you are as high maintenance as they come. Let's just put it out there. Me, yes. I'm the one. All the drama I got to deal with today on account of your behind, <laughs> on account of you. All right. All right? That's, but you know what? You're worth it. You're worth it. <laughs> I love how you flipped that around. You got off the field issues. Okay? <laughs> right. Okay, you're a distraction from time to time. Mm-hmm. I need but, to mature. But I wouldn't trade you for nobody <laughs> because I know where you and I are going. Because here we are, right here. Same thing is what I'm getting at. It's like I, I just had an issue with, and again, I, I respect Kyrie wanting to grow and evolve in his own way. My only issue was the idea of really what more could you, you want to be the first person organization calls, I guess, but when you're going to the finals and hitting historically great shot, you're winning. That's all it was for Mike, me. It's you're winning than your shoes are selling. It's bigger than Nino it's Brown. Go ahead, Miss Hawkins. Go ahead. <laughs> it's bigger than Nino Brown because it, it, maybe it wasn't specifically about being the man because given the team that he Seems like through, it was about LeBron. It was not just, a, it was about LeBron in the sense of, I think Kyrie just wanted control of his own destiny. But he didn't have it. And that's the part that okay, Draymond got because he wasn't a free agent. He wasn't a free agent. But nevertheless, if he doesn't put it out there that he wants to be traded, they never get to this point. Did we okay? ever establish why he reportedly asked for a trade after they won the finals? Because That again, was the part that still well, here's confuses the thing, though, me. And, and we've seen this when, when LeBron leaves, as Miami found out and as Cleveland found out the first time, it takes a lot to piece things back together. Sure. And maybe, again, his strategy was I'm going to get out or at least put it out there. 
before That's LeBron a bold strategy, Cotton. It may not it work out if they don't. It worked it because worked. they traded you to Boston. Okay. They could have traded you the anywhere. Are all and again, matters. this wasn't about LeBron leaving. Uh, which one is it? Was it about him or LeBron possibly leaving and what he would leave behind? Again, when he supposedly considered asking for, considered asking for a trade after the finals victory. That says something about what he or wanted. Or maybe he just knew coming down the pike that LeBron wasn't going to be there and he didn't want to get stuck holding the bag. Stay woke or I might have to trade you. <laughs> ESPN.com's top 100 NBA players projects Carmelo Anthony as the 64th best player for this coming season. Ahead of Marcus Smart and behind Lonzo Ball, mind you. Based in part on the 2017-18 projected RPM of negative .15. So Melo took notice. I really wish he hadn't. <laughs> okay. I really wish he hadn't. Because, you know, look, I blame Melo for... See, I get it, man. I get it. But this is a mission accomplished. That was pretty Melo that with, put that With out. all due respect to my esteemed colleagues, this, this was for. It's for attention. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was clickbait. It was to get somebody talking. Like, ain't no way in hell Carmelo Anthony is a 64th best player going into this season. I know. So I blame Melo for dignifying this nonsense with a response. Number one, don't feed the trolls. Number two, you got to wear that no trade clause for somebody else, man. Because as long as you are playing meaningless basketball right. in the Mecca, that you're that gonna be, your reputation is going to suffer by association. And, this, and that is partly why he got that ranking. And look, I'm as hard, you know this, Mike, I'm as hard as, car, hard as on Carmelo as anybody. And uh-huh. even I think that is ridiculous. 64? 64. Like, okay. Behind a dude that he never played? Maybe he's not top five anymore. Maybe he's not top ten anymore. I'm safe you, to say that. Okay, right. But 15 to 20? Come on. And like, I don't even know if I put it 15 to 20. Okay. 64 behind a dude that's never played in the NBA. That's just wrong. This It's wrong that we're actually talking about it. So now we didn't made the news because the player has responded. That's what I hate. Well, I mean, ESPN has made the news because the player but responded. But if you think about it, well, here's the upside of that. And I think a lot of people have taken notice. Uh, that's why the whole Hoodie Mellow thing has become a thing. Mm-hmm. It's because they feel like Carmelo Anthony, despite being a vet and at this point in his career, and maybe him not being the player that he once was, where he was regularly in that top five conversation, that he's playing or will play or is expected to play with a certain edge. Yeah. Um, given how, where, oh, all the doubt about whether or not he can be that guy again. And so him responding to this, in some ways, is, is a good thing, right? I think he's going to have... And you a, see players get upset about 2K ratings, all right? I, I know, I know. <laughs> but I, I guess I just want what's best for him. <laughs> That's all I want. His dad? And, and it, to be, no, no. I just, I've always liked him. I, right. I, like, I like him on and off the court. I, I just wish that he were in a different situation because there's no way if by some miracle somebody took Ryan Anderson's contract that if he were on the Rockets right now, he would not be projected to be the 64th yeah. best player, going, or even the Blazers for that matter. Right. The season didn't end the way uh, James Harden wanted, but the summer sure went his way. He got paid, and now he's on the cover of EA Sports' NBA Live 18. All right, James Harden joins us now on behalf of EA Sports' NBA Live 18. Uh, James, congratulations. You sold at least one game. My nine-year-old son, when he saw you on the cover, demanded that his dad buy it for him. <laughs> but what does it mean to you uh, to be on the cover of uh, EA Sports NBA Live 18? Uh, man, as a kid, you know, you always, uh, you know, want to play video games, want to be a part of the game. Uh, now I'm on the cover. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an unbelievable experience, you know, and uh, just thank you know, EA and, uh, for giving me the opportunity to be a part of it. Uh, I'm excited for it and um, can't wait to, uh, you know, for everybody to play it. But every time I look up, I see you as Tom Brady playing with Chris Paul in Madden. So <laughs> a lot of video games being played, like every other commercial. So what are you playing more these days, NBA Live or Madden? All of them, NBA Live, Madden, and FIFA. 
you know, those are those are three games that's in my arsenal right now. I'm playing heavy and uh, uh, I want to challenge anybody that want it. You, you don't want nothing, dog. Don't even try. Oh, oh, <laughs> listen to him. Listen to him. I retired the sticks a long time ago, but I'll still give you that work. Don't worry about it. <laughs> now let's let's go on to I guess uh, reality basketball. That is, you've been right. playing some pickup games, and of course, one of the people you've been playing pickup with or were playing with recently was Carmelo Anthony. Uh, everybody's heard the reports about him uh, wanting to come to Houston to play with you in, in CP3. How frustrating is it for you to be playing in these pickup games with Melo? Hear these reports and yet there's no deal on the table. You know, I try to, I try to block it out. Um, I let the front office and Daryl Morey and Tara Brown deal with that stuff. I just try to focus on, uh, you know, getting, getting comfortable with CP. You know, I think that's uh, the first step. Uh, we've been building some, uh, <clears throat> some, some good bond time this summer, and, uh, you know, I think we're both excited for the season. What's the biggest adjustment for you and CP3 uh, sharing a backcourt together? What's the biggest adjustment you guys have to make? Uh, just to communicate, man. I think, you know, we've been both ball dominant so much these last few years that um, we're, we'll get a lot more catch and shoot opportunities. So we got to keep telling ourselves that when we're, when we're open, just shoot the ball. Uh, we've been doing that so far in these pickup games. But, uh, you know, once we get comfortable with each other, I mean, he's, he's very smart. I'm smart. Uh, things will work itself out. When you were talking to CP3 about coming to Houston, what was your main selling pitch? What was your major talking point with him to get him to come to Houston? That we got the same goal. <laughs> we both trying to win. You know, we, it's one team out there that's winning. Uh, they've been to the finals three years in a row, and they won two out of three. So, um, you know, one team to compete against, one team to go go try to get. And, uh, you know, we're on the same page with that. What kind of conversations, James, have you had with yourself this summer? And by that I mean looking at how last season ended and that last game in particular against San Antonio. How yeah. have you made sense of it, uh, and how are you using it going forward, that experience? Just that, just that whole year, you know, it was a good year. Uh, wasn't obviously what you know ended how he wanted to, but um, just doing so much, like having the ball in my hands, every possession, every play uh, for an entire season, and then the postseason, uh, having every defense uh, geared to stop you, and just it, it was tough. It was a lot. It was a lot, but uh, you know, just got my mind right mentally and uh, prepared to to go out there and, and, and be even better. Um, now we add Chris, it, it, you know, it takes me off the ball a little bit more to help me, you know, be able to play and, and, you know, have those fresh legs for, you know, later in the postseason. How do you feel like you guys match up with Golden State? Everybody's impressed with what you've done this offseason, but there's still this sentiment that it's Golden State's world and everybody else is just living in it. What do you say to that? Well, don't get me wrong. They're, they're very, very talented. You know, they're talented, but they're beatable. Um, you know, so you got you to gotta get the right players. You got to have the right personnel. You gotta be able to score with them and uh, and get get stops when needed. Uh, but you gotta be able to shoot shoot the ball at a high level, and I think our system fits that, and uh, I think our personnel now fits that as well. Now, obviously, the city of Houston has been through a lot with Hurricane Harvey. You donated one million dollars yeah. to Harvey Relief. What do you see as your role in helping Houston recover uh, from such a devastating natural disaster? Yeah, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Uh, you know, we thought we knew it was going to be a storm, but the way it hit was uh, devastating for the entire city. Um, I'm a part of the city, so I, I try to do whatever it takes and whatever I can do. Um, you know, whether it's money, whether it's uh, you know community service, whatever it is to to you know to get the city back on their feet. Um, you know, so I met with the mayor when I landed in Houston, and we're putting you know a few things together. Um, 
to, to get people back on their feet and, and, and get the city back to where it needs to be. How would you describe your connection with that community? You touched on it just now, but uh, seeing you respond to some people on Twitter with the hashtag Rocket for Life, promising to, to never leave, uh, and obviously a financial incentive not to leave, but just you seem to have really <laughs> embraced that community. How would you describe your connection with, uh, with Houston and, and Rockets Nation? You know, Michael, like just the, the love that I've, I've received since I've been there, uh, you know, and I'm finally, I've been comfortable, but like I really can call it my home now, you know, so, um, you know, I had just a charity weekend, uh, the weekend prior before Harvey hit, and, uh, you know, just to try to get back to the, the community, the city, uh, let, them, let them feel me a little bit, and uh, um, hopefully they're feeling me, and, and just so just try to, try to give back, man, just try to be a part, try to let the fans and people know in the city that I'm here, and uh, I'm with them through it. A lot of breakfast club, a lot of Frenchies, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, I, I'm trying to say the six, but I got to say this. <laughs> now, uh, obviously, the season may not have ended the way you wanted it to, but I would say free agency period or the contract period, that ended exactly how you wanted it to with you getting a $228 million max uh, extension. How did you celebrate uh, that contract? Honestly, I didn't. I didn't. I got an extension last summer and then this one. I just, I stayed in the gym. I, I made sure we got Chris and uh, then just kept working, kept working. It doesn't stop. Like the money isn't going to change anything. What, what drives me and motivates me is just to win, you know, put myself in a position to, to, to win a championship and multiple championships. So You said you didn't celebrate the $220 million extension, but if you had celebrated, um, wondering how you feel about the, uh, the report, and maybe you can confirm this for us now that we got you, because we were fascinated by this. Jamel and I were completely impressed by the report that a local uh, gentleman's club in Houston had raised your jersey to the rafters. No, it was a banner. A banner? Right. And keep in mind, had, this is a no-judgment zone here. I'm about to say. <laughs> no, for sure. Listen, I, I have nothing to hide. I've never even seen it or heard it before. I just... Don't ruin a good no. story, James. Come on, go with this. I promise. That's a great Listen, story. <laughs> if, they, if they did, I would tell you. I don't got nothing to hide. I promise you, but I, I've never even seen it before. So no. I'll make sure I send y'all the picture, too. Hey, look, we, we, we loved it when we saw it. Yeah, I thought it's that was awesome. <laughs> Pun intended. Pun intended. That's right. Jersey and the Raptors at the club. That was a bar. That was a bar. No doubt. All right, man. We appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, continued success to you, and good luck next season. Appreciate y'all. Mike and Janelle are joined by Ryan Clark for a game of Take It or Leave It. Ryan, take it or leave it. Adrian Peterson and Sean Payton is a problematic partnership. I take that all the way, and here's why. They should have never got married in the first place. Sean Payton met him and wanted a trophy wife. The way he got is somebody that cooked, clean, do the dishes, cut the grass, and all he wants the man to do is sit over there and look pretty. It's a bad from the jump. That's a great analogy, uh, but I'm going to leave this. I think if they were playing the Panthers, Adrian Peterson doesn't give him that look. It's like that, how, it's Dalvin Cook. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just because it was about Dalvin Cook. So now I told you yesterday it's going to be more cutaways you to did. Peterson you did. than him cutting back and gaining yards. Right. This is an overblown story. I'm going to leave this because when you signed up, you knew what you were getting. Sean Payton likes to rotate backs like nobody's business. Very so true. when you signed with this team, you knew that you were not going to be the workhorse that you were. You weren't going to be able to get in that rhythm. Right. So this from the wife to that, side that, piece, that that's look. Like. <laughs> but that look. Didn't say he knew that, though, Mike. Hmm. It said he was in his feelings because he was in Minnesota. I got that. You yeah. know what I mean? So right. nothing to see here as far as I'm concerned. All right, take it or leave it, Ryan. Low-key Sam Bradford is a baller. Take it.
Listen, he's been hurt. That was our issue with him. He gets beat up. And last year he threw the ball short, but he had me, Jamel Hill, <laughs> Michael Smith. That's who was blocking for him last year. Oh, okay. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. This year he was able to get the ball out of his hands. And listen, he took some hits under duress That's last what night I like, and made man. passes on the money. I fool with Sam Bradford. Now, he might be hurt next week. <laughs> but when he out, that's why we say low-key. Right. 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 Not, not high-key. High not high-key. Low low-key, uh, low you're wrong. Uh, low and high-key. You still gonna, hating on Sam Bradford? I'm going to leave this one. He had a great game. Deserves a lot of respect for how he performed. But I'm sorry. The body of work is what it is. And I just re- expect him to regress to the mean. Yeah, but you got to look at the warts in that body of work as it relates to his surrounding cast, both in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know what happened in Philly. What? Line was a mess. Stephon Diggs was hurt a lot between Diggs and Thielen. He's got targets to make him mm-hmm. look good, along with Dalvin Cook. But, man, I'm with you. You hit it right on the head, Ryan. The thing, I judge quarterbacks by if you if you standing and delivering. If somebody knocking you out and you yep. still delivering that ball down the field, yep. okay, and he stands in the pocket. For all the talk about him being brittle, he's actually tough in the pocket. Well, so. i tell you what. You talk about his body of work. That's not as shameful as his actual body. <laughs> I need I'm sorry. get out of here, right? I'm sorry. Move Kobe Bryant has got an amazing <laughs> body of work. 20 years with the Los Angeles Lakers, 10 years each in jersey number 8 and 24. The Lakers are going to retire both numbers in December. Take it or leave it, Ryan. Take it retire twice. Numbers. I take it twice. If he wore another number, they should have retired that one too. <laughs> they need to retire his shorts. What he warmed up in, everything. Retire off that little wristband when he started wearing the right, sleeve. Right. I want it all hung up. If he up. got old pieces of his fro, retire that Listen, too. I want it all hung up. I want the rap CD hung up. I want the picture with Tyra Bates he hung up. He deserves it. I want it. Prom pictures with Brandy, all of it. No. But you statement, though, you take both of those guys. Yeah. You take the guy that wore eight. You take the guy that wore 24. They're both all the same. This is not Superman. They're the, they the same person. Look, I leave this Why? because these, this jersey switching. A is a market employee. That's number one. Let's just realize for what it is, and that should not be rewarded. But when you do as much as he did in both jerseys, this ain't Jordan wearing 45. It exactly. wasn't a brief flip. You do as much as he did in both jerseys, yes, both of them going to Raptors. Absolutely. And it's selfish, man. Other people Why you, other I know you ain't so, calling somebody selfish. Why are you so salty <laughs> and <laughs> pessimistic today? Sam Bradford's body of work. I'm just trying to break about Sam Bradford and Kobe is the least of my Doug Baldwin is here now on behalf of Vizio's Big Screens for Big Plays. It awards a television to a fan each time a 40-yard play results in a touchdown. Sounds, sounds pretty like a good. Pretty good deal. <laughs> uh, 40 yards, my math is right. That's, uh, that's almost as much as y'all had against Green Bay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> too, uh, too soon, I know. I'm, I'm kidding. No, but seriously, Doug, 225 of offense against Green Bay. That was Seattle's fewest since 2014 against Dallas. What happened after you've had a chance to watch the film and review everything? We were all over the place, honestly. You know, we didn't, uh, we didn't execute up front with our offensive line. We didn't uh, communicate well from the quarterback on out to the receivers and back to the, to the quarterback. Uh, we just, we were, we were sporadic, you know. And, and we've, we've been like this at times before, so there's really no need to panic. But, uh, you know, an extremely frustrating game for sure. What's the reason for that, having been here before in this position of, of seeing all the things you could have done and you know better than to do it that way? Why is that with you guys? I don't know. I, I truly don't know. You know, it, it seems to always happen. Uh, at the beginning of the year, we always have our struggles. But uh, for the most part, we come together midway through the season and figure it out. But uh, we have our struggles early. I would love for it not to be the case, but uh, I really don't know why it is the case. 
Now, one of the big plays in the game, or would have been a big play, was Nazaire Jones. His interception was called back because of a block-in-the-back penalty. How much impact did that have on the rest of the game, and even in terms of what you guys wanted to do offensively? Yeah, we don't want to make uh, excuses for, you know, what took place in the game. But, yeah, that was a big play, a big swing, um, obviously taking seven points off the board. So uh, it, it was a huge turning point in the game for us. Um, you know, and, and I wouldn't say that, you know, it had any drastic impact on us offensively uh, because we were struggling before that. But uh, we would have, have loved to have the, that seven points on the board for sure. So 0-2, the history of teams to start 0-2, not very good. So you hate to call it a must-win in week two. But are you guys treating it with that level of urgency, like you got to handle business against San Francisco or this season could really be in trouble? So who, who told you to ask that question? Because you know as well as I do, it is not a must win. Exactly. <laughs> it's too, uh, uh, unless it's you're about too, to get eliminated, a playoff game is a must win. I hear you. That's why I said it's not a must win. Right. But do you, is it really important but because you don't want to be 0 2? do yeah. say something about teams to start 0 2 in terms of not making the playoffs. I ask my own questions, Doug. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. And if, to, to, to your point, Yes, of course. You know, there's there's not a lot of great history with teams who start 0-2. Um, but that's that's outside of our concern and, you know, not really worried about what history says. That That's that's why it's history. Um, for us, we're just really focused on what we can control. And that's getting right this week. You know, we have an opportunity um, to, to come back home in our home stadium uh, and, and get our get our football right and play the style of football that we know we're capable of playing. Um, and so, no, it's not a must win. You know, for us, it's, we don't even really think of it like that. We think of this as another championship opportunity to show what we're capable of and playing the best style of, of Seahawks football that we're capable of playing. Man, I don't know if I should ask another question. <laughs> <laughs> angry, got angry Doug Baldwin now. Uh, should I bother asking you about the officiating on Sunday, which was questionable from I mean, a Seahawks know, perspective? You know what my answer is? You know you know what my answer is going to be. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> right, we just thought we and that's, we, that we should say enough. It. You know what y'all really need? You need a nutritious breakfast. Mm, maybe some Baldwin <laughs> smacks. Perhaps that could be yeah. what Baldwin could cure you gotta uh, get you some. the Seahawks. So you have your own cereal. A lot of people just wait around. Until, Which is a life goal, by the way. Exactly. A lot of people wait around until they're on the Wheaties box. You didn't. You have your own cereal. So tell us how that came about. Uh, I was approached with an opportunity to uh, to raise some funds for uh, a, a, a foundation back home that I support, um, and this was one of the opportunities to do so. And it was unique; it was different, you know. And so, um, you guys know me; I like to do things a little bit differently outside of the box. So, literally outside of the box or inside <laughs> the box, I should say, with the cereal. So, uh, yeah. And it's and it's a great cereal. Part of a balanced nutritional breakfast. Go try it. That's right. Sell good stuff that cereal right there. Right there. Keep doing things out of the box. Doug Baldwin here for Vizio's Big Screens for Big Plays. Thanks for joining the six. And good luck in that must-win game against the 49ers <laughs> in week two. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. Thanks All for right, having me. Be you. good. All right. Who's doing too much? All right. I know one thing. I'm not going to get on this rep for something I know I'll do at some point this NFL season. Take a listen. Rivers tried to get the timeout, and I think he got it. First, charge timeout, San Diego. Old habits die hard. I'm saying.
I, like every, I have to consciously think not to call them. Yeah, no, no, Sandy I'm talking about the fact that they lost another close game. Oh, so one sorry. and nine since last year, game decided about seven points or fewer. So the more things change, the more they stay the same. Like you know, I want San Diego to be great. You know how I feel about Philip Rivers. But look, the way they played, at least for most of this game, until kind of those critical moments. They didn't really deserve to win this game. No, Brother Simeon looked all right, though. He did look really good. Um, So, USC and Texas, they play Saturday for the first time since that wonderful 06 Rose Bowl that we all remember. But apparently we're not supposed to remember it because in the USC game notes, that game never happened. (laughs) USC says the NCAA directed them to treat the Texas loss as vacated. You ain't got to play into this. (laughs) You could have put an asterisk next to it. Or something. We all saw You ain't got to play it's still, into it. It's still. Let the NCAA handle his business. Don't sit up there and act like one of the greatest wins in college football history didn't happen. Game sold out, though. It'd yeah. be a good one. But then it's not a rematch then. So you no. can't build it as a rematch. <laughs> right. <laughs> it never happened. It never happened. You're selling them tickets like it's a rematch. Darwin Barney of the Blue Jays. Almost. Had some kinda. trouble sliding in the third base last night. A little bit. Uh, third base is never a problem for most of us. Uh, that was great, though. That was really, that was a great slide. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't resist. You cannot ah, resist. There you go. You got that one with the other. Uh-huh. The Royal fan went for this home run last night. Yeah, a little too much. Did he Did he at least get the ball? That's what I want to know. Did he make the catch? <sighs> did somebody give him a ball to take home for his troubles? <laughs> I, I never understand really why people bad. get so excited about home run balls. But at least this was a home run ball as opposed, as opposed to a foul, foul ball. Like, at least they didn't have a kid, a which we often have people with videos of kids. All right, KD, new yep. KD10s, which looked really good. Uh, his final shoes. Literally a message to the haters. Literally. I love it. Do you? That's how you turn a frown upside down. Well, he already had the cup. Like, are we at a point where this is a little worn out? He already had the cupcake thing. Not if you can monetize it. He should. You know what? All of the stuff he took last summer. He should just and into the season. He deserves to put whatever he wants on whatever he wants and sell it and make some money. But I like it. It's creative. I mean, it's it's got the. I mean, it's no accident. It's got all the criticisms underneath it. Yeah. But all the accomplishments and the stat lines. It just. It's like shut up. Like, shut up. See, if I had last shoes, they just say he deserves the last lap. Like this high school quarterback looking like me at 35 back in the day. <laughs> what? Still find a way to throw the touchdown. Way to keep the play alive. We ain't never made a play that good, Michael Smith. Mine just wasn't on film. Because oh, back then we had the grainy film. Okay. So we talked pickup with James Harden earlier. I consider LeBron and D-Wade working out together in LA practice. Yeah, totally. Because, I mean, it's, it's inevitable that they end up together, right? It is, but, that, but again, this if, year? If, this, if D-Way wasn't in the situation he's in with the Bulls, I think they'd still be doing this. I know, I know. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to the day when D-Way's a Cavs. Okay. Because you add D-Way to the mix, it's, it's just little by little getting closer to going. Oh, there you go. Healthy Isaiah. Certainly make things. Give me a fourth one of Warriors. Very, Cavs. very interesting, that's for sure. But this is like the dinner thing, it's like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, I'm not making it. All right, uh, NFL free agent RG3, he is spending his time in the gym, too. Okay. Playing ball. <laughs> With a hoodie, though. Like Hoodie Bellow. Very the lead. Hoodie RG3. Right. Looking kind of good out there. I don't know if this will help him get back in the NFL necessarily, but I guess good to see him out and about. I didn't know he, I didn't know he had uh, hoop skills. Not surprised. Yeah, you need to consider him with a great athlete he was. Your right. man, Baker Mayfield, yeah. atop the Heisman watch on ESPN.com, edging Lamar Jackson. Will that be the case 
after Lamar Jackson puts on a show, call it now, Saturday night against Clemson on ABC. Oh, way to give that super hot take. That's why I get paid the big bucks. <laughs> uh, I think Lamar Jackson will have a good game, but they will not win. And okay. so the fact that Baker Mayfield has already beaten a top three team with and Ohio State, and he still has Oklahoma State to go. Before we call it a day, tell the people had a good day. All right, the Oakland A's, April 17th, home game against the White Sox next season will mark the 50th anniversary of the A's playing in Oakland Coliseum, and it will be free, free to the public. A's are promoting that as one-of-a-kind in Major League history. All right, uh, speaking of free, so Sunday's Jaguars game against the Titans, it is staying in Jacksonville, but owner Shah Khan, beyond donating a million dollars to Hurricane Relief, is donating 5,000 tickets to first responders. Real classy. We will see y'all tomorrow.